Are we rolling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's sound? How's sound? Speed! Alright, guys. Alright, one take. Alright, mark it. Alright. Action! Like film, that's what they all say. Great movies, it's the American way. I wish they had a show where they reviewed movies, which they do. It's called the Film and You Win Show. I like movies, big, big movies, big movies. Floating pictures, it's so great. Movies. So join us, everybody, for the Film and You Win Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Film and You Win podcast, our Oscar recap show. I am Max, and with me is Juliet. Hello. Juliet. What a very uh, interesting night and a very exciting night. Uh, yes. Of course, the biggest news is Parasite has taken home the grand prize for Best Picture. Yeah. Juliet, immediate thoughts? Immediate thoughts uh, are clearly the Academy listens because I said it's my Best Picture. And so they probably like retallied all the votes and were like, yeah. Let's agree with Juliet. So we know this for a fact that the Academy was listening to our last podcast where yes. we were discussing the best pictures and uh, we affected the outcome. Yes. So, so what we're saying here. That's, that's, that was my takeaway. Um, are you listening, Academy? You, we, we like it. We like Parasite winning. Ultimately, but we do have some notes. We, we have a few <laughs> notes. So if you are listening, we have some stuff that we need to talk about Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot to discuss. This is kind of our immediate reaction. This is uh, the morning after. Uh, I am uh, a little hungover, to be clear. <laughs> so apologies. I'm hungover on the speeches, for one. Uh, we'll talk about that. We're going to, of course, talk about at the beginning uh, Parasite and what a historic night it was. Yeah. For uh, just a few things, a really great film. But we also kind of have our own made up awards. We got some comments and critiques, and we'll talk about all our uh, our highs and lows from a uh, from a night of uh, film. <laughs> Does that Hollywood's work? biggest? Night. I, I didn't rehearse what I was going to say at that part. <laughs> so this, uh, yeah, we 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 already got into it. This talk about Parasite. I wanted it to win best. I said it was my best picture. I did not think it was going to win, uh, but it did. And so I'm thrilled for them. I'm I'm really happy with the movie. I'm excited that more people are going to watch it um, now that more people are going to watch it now that everyone knows how great it was. Was there any awards that it won that you're kind of were shocked or thought something deserved over that? Because we're kind of in this weird realm where if it's going to win Best Picture, it's got to win flat out all the major ones. Whereas you can't just win Best Picture, you know? I think Best Original Screenplay was a shock and an upset because everyone thought it was going to be Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it's interesting because he had won the the Golden Globe. Um, He was the favorite to win for that. And it was supposed to be his big award that he would win for this film because everyone kind of knew it wasn't going to win Best Picture and he wasn't going to win Best Director. So it was sort of an upset, I think, big time that he didn't win this one. Yeah, I think going into the night, it wasn't out of the nine nominated films for Best Picture. There wasn't a moment of really don't know who's going to win out of these nine. It was very much determined weeks leading up that it was Parasite versus 1917. With 1917 going into the week as the clear favorite. And it kind of felt like usually when the best director is handed out that film is going to 
take the 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 best film award. So yeah. it, was, it was at that moment when Bong Joon Ho won for best director. Uh, screenplay was a shock to me as well. I I totally agree with that. Yeah. But then it's winning best director. It's like oh, this is winning best picture. And we even went to go hedge our Academy Award bets at that point, <laughs> and uh, it already the odds were already now just shifted. <laughs> and it was uh, 1917. I don't even remember that movie. Do you remember that movie? What movie was that? <laughs> it was uh, Parasite Everything. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I definitely agree. Um, it was nominated for original screenplay, and rightfully so. I think Quentin Tarantino had the better script, and I'll stand I, by that. I have to sort of disagree, and I think that maybe I should have read these scripts or skimmed them if I could find them online. You didn't because, read the scripts? I'm sorry, I didn't. Because... As they were reading the clips off, as they do, but while they're announcing the nominees, uh, Parasite had a couple little snarky beats in there where he said, and then this happens, and then this happens, and of course this happens. And I thought that kind of makes Parasite a fun script to read because it almost reads like a fun book. And that's what I want. If I'm reading a script, I don't want it to kind of seem like, and then you have to say this and do this and blah, blah, blah. I like that it's a little exciting. So I almost, during that nomination announcement at the Oscars, wanted to say, oh man, I should have picked Parasite because that seems really fun. And then boom, they won. Because again, the Academy's even listening to my thoughts. Well, I mean... I understand completely what you're saying, but once again, it was nominated for best script. So this was, in their opinion, the best five scripts of the year. And I definitely would assume that the other four were really fun to read as well. I don't think uh, any script really just has stage direction. Well, they chose a um, funny stage direction clip. Because Parasite say. was more of, because it was a foreign language movie, the script had definitely more action narrative, um, to like more descriptive uh, action in the movie because there was a lot of uh, moments uh, without getting into deep spoilers in Parasite uh, there's a lot of moments where it's more of the action is telling the story mm-hmm. uh, I think Tarantino's script is uh, once again he delivered on dialogue but it was oh, just yeah. a, a very uh, great story and it's just weird because Tarantino is kind of the expected person definitely to win always for screenplay whenever he writes a script I mean, he his script is what always makes the movie. So I think it was a little shock to me that Tarantino kind of was like snubbed tonight overall. And yeah. it felt like if you're going to snub him, at least just award him for the script because Parasite's taking uh, the best cumulative awards, it feels like. Um, Parasite's script, I'm sure, was great. But like I said, it was nominated. I think we could have gave that to Tarantino. And Parasite still has an amazing night. But... Parasite did win, and that was a shock to me. Did you have that picked going into the awards? I didn't. Like I said, it wasn't my pick until I heard the nomination list at the actual awards where they read off clips from the each of the nominees, and the Parasite nominee was fun. It was kind of quirky, and I enjoyed that, and I said, oh, man, I should have picked Parasite. Yeah, I said I should have picked Parasite after they announced it as the winner. <laughs> To be clear. Um, I said before the winner. Yeah. Uh, You know, before we talk about, you know, Parasite a little bit more, we should also just kind of take a break to realize and recognize who won our uh, Oscar ballot pool. Oh, please. Uh, Juliet, do you want to announce who won that uh, ballot pool? To be clear, I voted with my heart. 
more than my head, so I did not win, and Max Grill won. And that got you tied for second place voting with your heart. My heart. <laughs> I vote with my brain, which is uh, part of my heart. I don't know what that means. Um, yeah, despite getting best picture and best direction and best screenplay wrong and not picking Parasite, I still won. I, I still cleaned up pretty well. So. You did. Juliet and I also, uh, for the first time ever, uh, took to gambling uh, for <laughs> well, the, the Academy Awards. and uh, Didn't go well. Did not go well. We lost all of them. We uh, lost all of them because we kind of went for the ones that were going to win us money because we went for the less likely yes. winners. Yeah, we, we picked Parasite. <laughs> well, yeah, hindsight is going to kill you. But uh, yeah, we could have doubled down on a lot of Parasite winning awards, but we kind of stuck with uh, the kind of crazy outcome ones. But the one that we were shocked about was Missing Link. Yeah. Um, and uh, we can talk about the am- animated feature, but you know, we uh, missed out on that with Toy Story 4 yeah. winning for that. This talk, though, Parasite winning was definitely an upset. Uh, 1917 was supposed to be the best picture. That's kind of what we were being told up to basically like an hour into the telecast. Like, oh, I guess 1917's not winning. There's kind of been a trend where this is kind of always seems to be a best picture upset year after year now. Green Book won last year, although that wasn't as much of an upset, but people were kind of assuming Roma was going to win another foreign language film. It was almost the opposite of what just happened. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Shape of Water wasn't like a big upset, but it still kind of was because, you know, Three Billboards was making a lot of headway and Dunkirk was like a very uh, big film that it felt like Dunkirk, like this was its night. And I honestly think if we look back, at that year, Dunkirk probably was the better film than Shape of Water. I'm I'm sorry. You're forgetting that Octavia Spencer was in Shape of Water. How that is right. It? And I think that's what tipped the scale uh, <laughs> was Octavia mm-hmm. Spencer. It wasn't uh, a mute woman making love to a, a swamp thing. <laughs> that was not it. Um, Lighthouse should have won this year. <laughs> yeah. Lighthouse did win the Shape of Water, uh, confusing sex with uh, an aquatic uh, species. Oh, spoiler? Spoiler, but you should have saw it. And you probably aren't going to see it. You're not going to see but it. But go see it. And then you'll be like, where's the shape of water moment? And you'll know. Anyways, I think that this Parasite beating 1917 reminded me most of a few years back with Moonlight mm-hmm. uh, beating La La Land. Except they um, got the name right. Yeah, except they said the right name. Uh that was the strangest year because talking about Oscar pools, I picked La La Land that year and I had won the pool because they announced La La Land. So the money's getting handed over to me. And then he goes, wait, there's a mistake. Moonlight won. And the you had to hand it a, over. A friend of ours picked Moonlight and I had to literally hand the money back to him. It was just kind of a in real time moment. Like, what is happening right now? Uh but even going, you know, years further back, uh, Crash winning over Brokeback Mountain, you know, th- there's kind of this upset trend where we're kind of led to believe that this is your best picture. This is what's going to happen. And it almost feels like in the moment, everything is just kind of changed. Right. Not taking anything away from the ones that have won best picture. I'm not here to say 
1917 was way better than Parasite. I actually, if it was a different year, it would have beat it. I think uh, 1917 achieved a lot. Yeah. But Parasite winning, it was a fantastic movie. We both loved it. So overall, I think we're happy that it happened. It's a shame because if he had just gotten 1917 out one Christmas earlier, he could have beaten Green Book easily. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we think so. But we would put money down in 1917 and they'd be like, and surprise. The Green Book. Green Book. The Fairley Brothers strike again. Yeah, I think, you know, 1917 was definitely the most upset this year. Um, as far as predictions go, it won three awards out of the ten it was nominated for. Like, with, with the upset factor, with this is kind of, yet again, another year, this is kind of becoming a trend where the best picture is not what you were going to expect it to happen. Why, what do you think this is? Like, why does this keep seeming to be just normal now? I think it's just understanding the voting and who's voting and how the voting works. Because, it, you know, everyone online and everyone that has seen all of these movies is saying, oh, 1917, that's such an Academy movie. Like, that's going to win. That's going to win. Sam Mendes, like, coming back after 20 years with an award-winning movie, like, duh, that's how it's going to work. But really understanding how the voting works and who's involved in the voting is is really what's changing these things up. Yeah, my, my sister texted us uh, the evening while it was happening, and um, I don't know if this is a fact. I didn't look too much into it, but um, her suggestion was that it's voted on a ranking system. So basically... If you pick 1917 as number one and everyone picks it as number one and everyone picks Parasite as number two, if there is a tie or there's not like a clear cut winner at number one, I guess it defaults to the second choice. So her kind of suggestion was that they're kind of like voting on a rank system and that could be kind of what is leading us to these kind of oh, surprising outcomes. So it's like the circle. Uh, <laughs> so on the circle, what they do the is they have seven people. The circle is showing Netflix, people. yes, uh, just they so have... people know what we're talking about. Not the Tom Hanks movie. Not the Tom Hanks movie. <laughs> With Emma Watson. Oh, yeah. I got the she name right this there. time. Um, Emma Watson, they're <laughs> not that movie. The Circle is a reality show on Netflix, and it's kind of dumb, but kind of awesome, as all of them are. And there are seven people or something in this house, and then you have to, once a day or once a week rank them from number one to number seven. So you might be three people's number one, but then you also might be three people's number seven. So in the final rankings, you come out as number four. So Parasite could have been, you know, three people's number two, but 1917 could have been three people's number seven. So it kind of changes the scale. So really the circle is basically like Oscar voting. Uh, possibly. Maybe the people voting on the circle are the Oscar voters. Maybe Whoa. that's their kind of guilty pleasure show. <laughs> that's the all they do since they're in the room alone. Uh, we want to shout out that the circle is not a sponsor of this show. So, <laughs> But um, it could be. So let's get back into the Academy Awards. <laughs> but that's interesting you brought that up because that could be what's happening. Because yeah. it seems to be a trend now. It seems to be normal. It felt like Parasite winning last night. Uh, if I can take it into sports. It felt like a crazy comeback in the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. where 1917 is up by 20 or so points going into the fourth. And then Parasite starts, you know, if we're talking about basketball, starts making some shots here and there. And then all of a sudden kind of closing the gap. Then all of a sudden you go, oh, man, they're going to come back and win this whole thing. It just it just has that feeling. 
Sorry about that. No, I don't know what day it is. Sorry, Sorry I knocked over our calendar. Um, it just has that feeling, though. It has this feeling that once it won screenplay, you're kind of feeling the comeback, and then director, it's, oh, man, Parasite's going to win this all. And yeah. by the time we went to go hedge our bets... Uh, it was already... We won nothing. It was at even. We, um, we lost $23 So Parasite night. really just kind of had a comeback win, it felt like, last night. And the reaction by the crowd felt like that as well. Um, I haven't seen a reaction like that for a Best Picture winning where it just really felt like everyone in the room was cheering for it. They were so excited. The lights went down and Charlize Theron and Tom Hanks, you see them throwing their arms up in the air like... Pull them up, pull the lights back up, let her speak, let her speak. Like, they've never cut off the best picture speeches ever. And <laughs> the, they're just like, eh, not another one. The, the janitor came on stage and said, <laughs> are you guys still doing that? Okay, uh, I'll, I'll wait till later. Um, yeah, it just felt like there's a general excitement in the air. And unfortunately, it felt like almost 1917 was the bully. And oh, wow, like here yeah. comes Parasite for the win. It, it's it, kind of like Adam Sandler's acceptance speech from the Spirit Awards the night before. Yeah. Of, you know, you've got to be the one with the best personality. And we're the ones with the best personality. And Oscars are the best looking. Yeah. It was uh, 1917 was the popular jock. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and Parasite was <laughs> the AV kid. <laughs> Parasite was the AV kid. And it, it became Prom King. For just that night. Just one night. Um, first time a movie from South Korea was nominated. Mm-hmm. And obviously first time it ever won. So this is a huge moment for you know, South Korea, uh, Bong Joon-ho, because he's a uh, fantastic filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And I hope it exposes to watch his other uh, films as well, because he, he is a talent to celebrate. Yeah. And uh, just a huge moment in general, just to celebrate a foreign language film, winning right. the best picture. Uh, it also won um, Best Foreign Language Film as well. So sometimes that feels like that's the consolation. Best International Feature Film. Oh, that's right. It is called International Feature Film now, not Foreign Language Film. Uh, that They made that change this year. Any more thoughts, though, with Parasite? I'm uh, happy with a, a comedy or anything with comedic elements getting the attention like this. I think now after Roma and then Parasite being Best Picture nominees and one of them being a winner, it's going to kind of change the face a little bit. And it does give international feature films the opportunity to dig in there a little bit more and and be recognized a little bit more. And maybe we'll see a trend because, I mean, there's two international feature film nominees that got more than just the international feature film nomination. There's Pain and Glory, which also got... um, Actor. Actor for Antonio Banderas. And Parasite that had six nominations. That's huge. That's very rare that that happens. And it happened with Roma, too, because she got the best lead actress as well. And there was a best supporting actress, I think, last year. She was nominated for lead yeah. actress, right? Yes. Yeah. They were not. They were both nominated, but lots of nominations for an international film Never happens. Yeah, it was interesting. I thought Roma was going to be the best picture last year. That was my pick last year, and it's interesting. I think it was the best picture last year. It just didn't win. Yeah, it didn't win. I mean, (laughs) I I still agree that I think that was the best movie last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But interesting, here we are a year later, and Parasite uh, does that and achieves. um, It's at the top of the mountain right now. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't seen Parasite yet, 
go watch it. It's Do yourself Voodoo. a favor. Um, yeah, it's available to rent now, mm-hmm. and it's going to be, become more available. Yeah, obviously, it'll probably be put back in theaters. Who knows? Yeah. It was it was still in theaters. I think just. Not too long ago. Well, if you're lucky enough to live near Alamo Draft House, as we do, <laughs> they put all the good movies in their theaters for as long as they can. Yes, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about 1917, though. It kind of shut out. This is supposed to be their night. This is supposed to be Sam Mendes's night, uh, returning back to uh, winning Oscars. But sadly, they kind of came up short. They did win for cinematography, sound mixing, visual effects. So it won the technical awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't, you know... A complete shutout. But yeah, 1917 not winning. Like, I mean, how surprised are you? I'm really surprised. And as someone that is not a war movie fan, I would like to express to anyone who's like me and not a war movie fan to suck it up and go see it. It's actually not gross. It's not... It has sad parts. It has a couple icky things, but it's nowhere near the like grotesque things you usually see in a war movie that probably makes you not like the war movies. So go see this one. It's awesome. I mean, 1917 was great. Cinematography was, uh, I was shocked about production design that it didn't win for production design. Of course, Mm -hmm. they gave that to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was also very worthy of that win as well. That was a very tough category. Cinematography, though, if that didn't win cinematography, it's just like the fix is in. Because Roger right. Roger Deakins, it was amazing the, how the movie was shot. And I love Deakins. This is two wins in a row for him. Uh, very well deserved. He's one of the best of the best, if not the best. <laughs> um, I loved in his speech, though, when he gave a shout out to the balcony, to his focus puller, to his operators, to the gaffers. A lot of people don't even know exactly what that really means, but to do a movie like that, it takes a crew. And, you know, he's the the man, he's the director of all of it, but I really love that he shout out to his crew because you can imagine being the, he said with the focus puller, uh, he never makes a mistake because if he did, you would notice. And that means they're doing a yeah. good job uh, of focus pulling, you know, the crew to take how that movie was shot. I, I love that it was a good moment because mm-hmm. it's like this award resembles everything that we achieved. Yes. So 1917 cinematography, if it didn't win that, that would have been crazy. But yeah, Sam Mendes, though, for uh, director, it felt like this was going to be his night. But, um, you know, I mean, he, he lost. So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. That 1917 did not fare as well as just basically a week ago we thought it was just going to win mm-hmm. all 10 of their nominations. But Sam Mendes can be grateful for the BAFTAs and for the Golden, uh, Golden Globes. Globes. So he can hold his head high. And, you know, all nominees get a really amazing gift bag that I'm super jealous of. There was like a $75,000 10-day cruise in there. There was hotel stays, massage packages, like iPads. I mean, when they say it's just an honor to be nominated, it's an honor to be nominated. It's dope to be And nominated. I wonder, like, if you're nominated for multiple things, do you get multiple gift bags? <laughs> well, then Todd Phillips must be loving life right now because <laughs> no, he, is, he is the winner of 11 gift bags. <laughs> That's a good transition because we'll talk about a few other key winners and losers of the night as far as films go. Uh, the Joker, that was kind of as expected, 11 nominations, and it won two. It won for Score, which was the heavy favorite, and, of course, Best Actor for Joaquin Phoenix. 
I think that was kind of as expected, and I think Joker knew that it was going to get nominated for a lot, but those were most likely going to be the ones that it won. Juliet, is there an argument you had for anything why the Joker was maybe overlooked as a winner of any of the other categories that it was out for? I mean, I was really happy with it getting original score. I think that... Score was amazing. That score was amazing. Uh, She's, I think, the first female solo composer that's ever won. Yeah, and she had a beautiful moment, if I can just jump in quick, with her speech. Uh, She said for all the, the, I think, I'm paraphrasing, but all the little girls out there that are hearing these sounds in your head, you know, let your voice Mm -hmm. be heard. So just meaning like... She also just had a lovely Icelandic accent and canter to her voice that was just so soothing of course best actor we knew this for months now that joaquin was going to win so i think joker that was expected quinn and tarantino though we talked about it a little bit that was a little unexpected nominated for 10 awards and it only took home two (laughs) Uh, brad pitt which we knew for months now that he was going to win best supporting actor that was the very first award of the night and then production design which i felt was well-deserved. We, we talked about it. That was a tough category. Quentin Tarantino, though, not winning the screenplay. Is it just weird at this point that Tarantino just seems to be always just nominated for everything, but just never seems to win besides his writing? I know. It, it's. I don't know if there's this fear of Quentin Tarantino with these Academy people or what, that he's going to get up and be too crazy or... They're going to be too much on one political side or something like that for his films. Um, I don't know. This last one's going to be a going to be a killer. Yeah, I'm torn about this because, you know, we look back at Pulp Fiction and kind of go like, how was this not Best Picture? This is like one of the most iconic movies that we have seen um, that is still talked about to this day. It's still like rewatchable. You watch and you're still blown away by it. Um, I feel like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will kind of become a Pulp Fiction-like movie in our lifetime. Yeah. And I think it's a shame because although I loved Parasite, I loved 1917, I really think when we look back at this, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will be what is the most uh, remembered as far as mm-hmm. like a film goes. Uh, obviously, we're going to remember the historic night that Parasite had. But it's interesting with Quentin Tarantino that he has given so much to cinema over the years and he is just known as like the best of the best supposedly his next movie will be his 10th and final film i don't know if i really believe that i mean do you believe that that this will actually be his last movie i don't believe that because i he enjoys making films it's not like it's my job and i'm retiring it's this is something that you love you love expressing yourself you love writing Maybe it'll be the last Tarantino full picture of him directing, writing, doing all the casting of his characters. Maybe he'll still, he's got to still do something. I'd like to see some Quentin Tarantino short films. Well, it has been discussed that Tarantino actually wants to remake Bounty Law um, <laughs> from, from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and make it like a Netflix show or some kind of streaming uh, show. He's also been talking about that he wants to write books. I think Tarantino will not be done, but supposedly the next film that he makes will be his last film that he makes because he as wants to just do other things. As long as there's cocaine in the world, Quentin Tarantino will keep writing. Yes, he'll keep writing, but that's the point that maybe maybe the 10th will be his final. And I think we're already calling it now. We can save this clip for the future, but <laughs> his 10th and final film, if it really is the end, it'll just win. Like It has to. It's going to lower the rings 
uh, Return of the King style cleanup yeah. because it's just going to be not the award for that film, but the award for all 10 of his films that he's made, <laughs> which unfortunately it seems like that happens a lot where it's these awards aren't almost for the performance. It's like a lifetime achievement award. And which they didn't even have lifetime achievement awards at this. Well, it was Laura Dern. Because <laughs> Laura Dern won for Marriage Story, but uh, basically won for every single role that Laura Dern won. Mm-hmm. Uh, her performance was great. It's just, we talked about this in the last podcast. Just interesting that it's just the clear-cut favorite. Like, oh, Laura Dern's won this where, you know. It's because she she won the gays, <laughs> as we saw at the Independent Spirit Awards. Uh, yeah, that was great. Uh, look that up on YouTube. Just Laura Dern, uh, Independent Spirit Award. Gay I, men's I, chorus. Um, so ma- good. Amazing tribute to Laura Dern. The other award that we want to talk about, because this was a very confusing one for me, just given the history of this award season, was animated feature. Toy Story 4 won for Best Animated Feature, but we were really kind of torn about that because... Missing Link won for the Golden Globes for Best Animated Feature, which shocked a lot of people. And Klaus kind of seemed to take home all the other animation awards, uh, as well as winning Animated Feature for the BAFTAs. Mm -hmm. So Toy Story 4, I actually ended up picking it, but it was kind of strange because it was kind of a toss-up, it felt like, between those three. So for me... I, I love Toy Story 4. I think it was a really great movie. I really enjoyed it. It was interesting to me being the fourth Toy Story that they still were able to come up with a few fresh things, fresh ideas. Changing Bo Peep's character was really awesome, especially in this new generation of women. Um, but animation-wise, yes, what Pixar did was innovative and amazing four Toy Stories ago, but now it's just kind of common they've been doing this this animation is pretty standard missing link was so creative for such a small company putting that together i really think that they deserved it and it would have been really awesome if they had had won this because i really do think that this award should be about everything all the pieces to it it has a great story it has really creative animation that has not really been done that much before and for a new company putting that together that's really great um and also we would have won money in our betting pool yeah well that's what we were shocked about because when we were looking at to play some bets uh you know we were going with like the big winners and i think like missing link was like at like plus 950 so it felt like all years prior to this that oh whoever won golden globe is winning the oscar that's kind of your um yeah default and it's weird because this year we're looking at like three different opinions on what the best animated feature mm-hmm. was. Whereas years before that, like last year, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, like, <laughs> duh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was kind of very interesting that Toy Story 4 took home, you know, the Oscar. It was, I think, the deepest sequel that's ever won for animated feature at number four. I mean, the animation has improved, like crazy amounts yeah they but at the end of the day they can't seem to get human faces right though yeah but, but they can make rain look real and they cats a real look cat. real they, but, that cat was more real than any of the cats from cats <laughs> oh cats, cats cats really thought i was gonna win an animated feature i guess or whatever that was we'll talk about cats in just a little bit don't you worry america oh boy or not america oh whoever's don't listening. you worry our aunts and uncles <laughs> Because you're the ones listening. Um, any other kind of winner before we move on, like winners, losers that you're you know surprised about in this Oscars? 
or we can just uh, move on if you'd like. I think we've, well, Greta Gerwig not winning for adapted screenplay. Granted, Jojo Rabbit was amazing. Yes, yes. It would, you know, you you almost hoped that Greta Gerwig got the adapted screenplay just to get her something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think her time will come. I I, I think that Greta Gerwig is making really amazing films and little women was a really good movie. Like, I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. I think what was maybe holding them back for the adapted screenplay, whereas uh, Taika Waititi, you know, Jojo rabbit was felt more uh, original in the adapted sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas little women, I think the one thing that was holding her back, although I loved, and I think we both loved how she adapted the story that's been told several times now, I think one thing that was holding it back is that this has been made into a movie several times. And it's I think it was like an animated, you know, made for TV movie as well. So the story has been told several times. So I think the argument is that she's had the source material of seeing it made cinematically. But I love the twist that she put on everything. Yeah. So, and the only thing it won was best costume, which always kind of wins. My mom, to quote my mom. Period pieces always win. Well, she said pretty dresses always win. Oh. That, that was the quote. <laughs> because they all, in costume, they all were period pieces. So yeah. it was kind of tough. Um, but yes, of course, like Queen Elizabeth, Elizabethan uh, style, like the favorite one yeah. last year. Like, And I will say like Little Women, each girl, is, their color, each of these women is based upon uh, something in the book where they were all given journals, I think. And the books, um, each journal the girl was given was a certain color. And that's the color palette that the costume designer, uh, Jacqueline Duran, used when she was designing the costumes for oh, each of awesome. the girls. That's, I did not know that. Yeah, That's fun, a fact. Fun, fun fact. Fun fact that just came right out of my little brain. <laughs> Your little woman brain. Little woman brain. <laughs> yeah, I think Greta Gerwig, her time will come, and she was nominated. But yeah, it's hard because Jojo Rabbit was also very well deserving. So, you know, I don't want to take anything away from uh, one of the creators of Flight of the Concords. No. <laughs> because, yes, the guy that uh, I think I saw this tweet, the guy that directed Mother Uckers uh, has more <laughs> Academy Awards than Paul Thomas Anderson. So. That is a fact. And uh, I think Three Six Mafia is up there, too, for um, Hustle and Flow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's talk about the most expected um, awards this year was both. uh, We got to talk about this for a little bit. The actor and actress categories. We knew for months now that Joaquin Phoenix was going to win for actor. And Renee Zellweger has just been cleaning up for her portrayal as Judy Garland. So... There's a lot to talk about with these awards. Do you want to just start with actor first and we'll kind of talk about Joaquin Phoenix and uh, the moment he had tonight? Would yeah, like to I mean, crazy's got a crazy. Um, he is phenomenal in this movie. Uh, and his his speech was a bit choppy. Um, he definitely had he definitely had a mission when he walked up to stage. He didn't even like hug his fiance Rooney Mara. He just got right up there, told everybody to stop clapping so he could get into what he needed to get into. It was all about um, us taking for granted everything around us and the resources. It was heavy on the climate change. He talked about milk uh, yeah, yeah. and and taking calves away from their cow mommies and. 
Um, it was it was pretty deep. It was pretty dark. It was a lot of rambling about things that are valid. But he did choose this moment to really dig into his political statement and then beautiful two lines from his brother's song. Yeah, for me, the the, the River Phoenix moment was something because he rarely talks about what happened to his late brother. Right. Um, so you're kind of questioning, will he give a tribute to his brother? Because I know that is something that's probably tortured him his whole life. He was um, there. Yeah, I mean, so that was heavy stuff. So uh, at the end of the day, the mentioning to River Phoenix is what I actually remember the most because you could tell he was definitely moved and almost like overwhelmed to just even like think about talking about him. And I thought that was a very moving moment at the end. Now, as for the rest of the speech, it's really hard to decipher if this was just kind of psychobabbly or genuine like genius. Cause I feel like he's very genuine in what he is saying, but he's been making, I mean, he's been making the rounds. He's been winning best actor at all the major awards and his speeches have all been sort of iconic and memorable Mm -hmm. um, for just kind of being out there and uh, speaking about, you know, the issues that he wants to, uh, you know, shed light onto. Right. The problem is like he had his BAFTA speech um, not too long ago where that speech was very well constructed and to the point and genuine and direct and very like easy to comprehend what his message was. I felt like the Oscar speech was a little rough for me because there's some really awesome things that he is saying, but it almost kind of felt like a little like incoherent at times. Like it was like this kind of random train of thought mm-hmm. that was kind of lacking direction. Yes. Uh, wasn't going on a straight path. I got confused at times because, he, you know, he starts the speech off talking about issues that he's been thinking about for a while, which we do know this and we know what he has talked about in the past just recently. But yes, when we all of a sudden start talking about cow's milk, we take for granted, you know, cereal milk and making a change. And then it kind of like steers off into like, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've been a bad person. Uh, But then it's talking about canceling culture. It felt like there was just too much involved in one speech that it's kind of hard to overall. It was almost like he's saying to himself, this is the largest audience I'm ever going to have a chance to speak in front yes, of. Yes. So I'm just going to get it all out, as much out as I possibly can. And if I have time, I'll do rivers. <laughs> yeah, I just feel, you know, it's important what he's talking about. And I understand that this is one of the biggest like stages that you'll have to speak on this. And we know that he got arrested recently. Yeah, right uh, after the Golden Globes. With, with, with Martin Sheen, you know. <laughs> Uh, You're going to get arrested. We know that he has a lot of uh, powerful uh, thoughts and feelings Mm -hmm. towards, you know, the state of where we are as a society and as a world. I understand all of that. And I think that there was some very genuine um, message that he was trying to get out. I think he kind of lost the audience at times. And I think his other speeches prior to this were a little bit more direct and well constructed. He basically knew he was going to win the Oscar since uh, Joker came out, it felt like. So he had time to practice this. And yeah. it kind of felt a little bit like he was just kind of just going for it. He would have done better had he just written down a coherent speech that he wanted to give and just read it. He would have done better with that, I think, at this one. Made me not want to put cream in my coffee this morning. Yeah, it was awkward when I had cereal this morning. Well, I think he's a little awkward. That is true, too. <laughs> 
But uh, that's a good transition because let's talk about Best Actress. Um, <laughs> talk about an awkward speech. Uh, Juliet, break down <laughs> Renee Zellweger's speech and what was the message there? I'm going to try because it was really hard. Um, but her message was our heroes all unite us. So even though we're divided culturally, gender wise, race wise, everything, we're so divided. But the people that are our heroes are what's bringing us all together. And she named off um political heroes she named off um harriet tubman martin scorsese uh venus and serena williams she (laughs) named off she named anyone that she could rattle off in her head um and then she also brought it back to first responders firefighters and the military and just said all of these heroes that we all have will unite us as people now what (laughs) did that have to do with anything whatever i'm just grateful that she brought it back to judy garland and did give her a proper thank you and mentioned that she never once won an oscar yeah that moment was great and that was like the most i took away from that speech (laughs) um but yeah you just reciting right there i missed half of that because i think i just got really like i just kind of got lost and it felt like she was rambling and, you know, this is going off of her Golden Globe speech as well. It's just there's kind of just this. It was just kind of a mess. Well, she had, like. well, we were so distracted during Golden Globes by her hard Texas accent that. Which she dropped. For which this. she dropped yeah. for the Oscars. So. You know, she seems like a very wonderful person. It just it, it feels like when these, uh, you know, speeches happen, it's just I don't know. There's there's. There's two different speeches. There's one just thanking everyone that helped this movie mm-hmm. get put together helped and, and, and then career. finishing it, thanking your parents or your family or your husband or, or your wife playing. or your kids or the person you're playing. Like there's that one. And then there's the other one. It's like, I need to take this moment to talk about something that I really want to talk about. But with Renee Zellweger, I don't even really fully understand what she wanted to talk about. It was like she's just listing off things and saying this and I feel like I get it but I don't you know I feel like with her it's it was like oh the trend right now is that we're doing political speeches and we're telling people how they should live their lives on these so that's what I'm gonna do because I'm trying to like think back to her previous Oscar and did she do the classic thank everyone yada yada and then this one it was like oh no we need like we do politics now that's what we talk about right in speeches and that that's also the trend that's interesting. And I will say, I mean, it's a room full of nerds. It's a room full of beautiful nerds is really all actors and and other members of the Academy are are just good looking dorks. And <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes you're going to get some awkward people. They're beautiful, awkward people. And that's that's basically what I mean. Look at Natalie Portman. Anytime she talks She's just a little weirdo, but she's adorable. <laughs> and it's and it's that like, oh, right, you're just beautiful and artsy. So the things you say are, are weird as fuck, but you're really great at what you do. Juliet is putting all of Hollywood <laughs> on blast right now. I did not know that's where we were going. Um... There's nothing wrong with being a beautiful dork. It's great. Good for you. But at the end of the day, that's what they are. Yeah, I, I, I just think once again, just like the same thing is said as Joaquin Phoenix, Renee Zellweger has been sweeping the awards for her portrayal as Judy, uh, Judy Garland. 
you had some time to think about what you were going to say. And it felt like literally took no time at all. And she just goes, I'm going to just kind of talk about things, you know, it's like the equivalent of someone's in your speech class and they really didn't prepare their presentation. (laughs) But it's not like you didn't know that this was happening. This was like due three weeks ago. And what actress who's like wanted to be an actress since she was a kid doesn't practice with a shampoo bottle in the shower, giving her Oscar speech practice, just rehearse a little bit before you get up there. Or, I mean, not, maybe not even a shampoo bottle, maybe one of those, uh, two, two in one, you know, Whatever. Like, and like for guys out there, we have like the body wash, uh, conditioner, just shampoo, pr- hairbrush. You don't even have to be in the shower, <laughs> hairbrush it. It's fine. I want to talk a little bit before moving on, though. Um, So we both agree the speech was kind of like, okay. (laughs) We both saw Judy. And I think when I saw Judy, I remember I said this out loud. When we saw Judy, I said, I think it was like two or three scenes in. I'm like, dude, she's killing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a huge Renee Zellweger fan. Um, I did not really get into Bridget Jones' diary. Um (laughs) So it's not like I'm just going to like anything that she's in. Right. I was definitely, you know, a few scenes in like, wow. Like I was really blown away. Right. But there is something to say that, I mean, her performance I think was great. And I think there's a lot of people that disagree. I think it was kind of a weaker year for Best Actress. Um, not saying any of the other performances were bad, but it wasn't, I felt like a close race to begin with. I mean. It is. But what, what I was saying, well, I mean, like. Scarlett Johansson gave a great performance and Charlize Theron gave a great performance and so on. I think that they all deserve to be nominated, but it felt like we already had this decided months ago that Renee Zellweger was winning for Judy. Mm -hmm. But there is something to say of how many people actually saw Judy. So it's kind of weird when it's just like sweeping awards for a movie that no one has really seen. Right. And it's not even nominated for anything else. So Just makeup. Hairstyling. Yeah. Okay. So makeup and hairstyling. I don't know if it's just that that was just decided a long time ago because I think Renee Zellweger was really good and I I have no problem with her winning for this performance, but it's just kind of interesting that I could see it both ways. I could also see that like did she like was it that good that she should have swept every single award this season? I mean, I don't know. Part of me says yes. You even mentioned it when we were watching the movie. Even the way she turned her head. Yeah. It was like watching Judy Garland. It was really impressive. She transformed into Judy Garland. And that's what I feel is what I'm going to take away most from Mm -hmm. that is that I forgot that's Renee Zellweger. I just think it's very interesting that Judy was basically watched by, I felt like, not that many people. And it just swept the awards. Mm Mm-hmm. And Joaquin Phoenix just swept the awards this year. So yeah. it just kind of felt like we were going through the motions. Like two people of, that could have prepared a little better. Yeah. And then for them, those speeches, because this has happened in years past where this person is going to win. This person is mm-hmm. going to win. Yeah. There, there's, I mean, this is their year. You know, Daniel Day-Lewis has had this before and stuff like that. But then it's funny because then you kind of want to be, I don't know who's going to win this year. You kind of like that excitement of, I truly actually don't know. This could go like four different ways. But then usually the speech just hammers at home like that's what you remember. And, you know, this year I just think two interesting kind of awkward speeches that I don't think totally hit from both uh, Joaquin (laughs) and Renee. Right. That's what's going to be remembered more. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Well, so that was kind of our quick recap on everything Oscars, but I do. We, there's a lot more to talk about. <laughs> so, Juliet, I came up with our own filming you in Academy Award Oscar moments. Oh, boy. So this is kind of uh, I got three different categories that I want to discuss with you, and I will let you pick the winner and we'll discuss why you Whoa. think it's going to win. Um, it's a lot of power. Yeah, no ranking system, just one vote here. <laughs> so these are our Academy Awards awards. <laughs> it's the best title I could come up with. All right, we're going to start off with the big one, the Best Moment Award. Ooh. But here's here's a subtext with this. Best Moment Award besides Parasite winning, because we've already <laughs> talked about para- Parasite winning. So, yes, that was the best moment, Parasite winning. So this is the best moment other than Parasite winning award. So here are your nominees. Okay. The In Memoriam moment, where Billie Eilish sang Yesterday. Uh, popular, uh, have you heard of the band The Beatles? No. So, yeah, that was a Beatles song. Cool. And she covered it. She did Yesterday. And I then, heard there was a movie called Yesterday. Uh, there, there was. <laughs> Terrible movie. Not good. <laughs> Uh, some people out there. I loved it. <laughs> uh, but anyways, in memoriam, the opening number, uh, the overall. We do not have a host this year, so the overall opening number, the spectacle. Uh, that's another nominee. Our third nominee, Will Ferrell and Julia Louis Dreyfus, announcing the awards for cinematographer and editor. Fourth nominee, Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig, announcing the awards for production design and costume design. And our last nominee, Shia LaBeouf and Zach Gottesman presenting an award together. So, Juliet, those were your nominees. Do you need me to repeat anything? No, it's just really hard decision for me. Um, we can talk about these other moments, but what I mean, was the best moment? On one hand, I really loved um, that moment with Shia LaBeouf and Zach Gottesman. Uh, it was the first time... Uh, someone with Down syndrome has presented an award at the Academy Awards. Their relationship is really lovely. Um, I en- I enjoyed that movie so much, Peanut Butter Falcon, uh, and that role was created for Zach. But I will say, I think the Janelle Monet performance at the beginning was my favorite, only because it's a great performance. Like, just performance in general, something exciting and fun. It had color and energy, and she's great. The only um, complaint I have about it is it was a little hard to understand her when she's singing in the low notes. It was just a little weak as far as projection. Uh, So I think there's some things that were missed, but it was really great. I will also give a shout out to Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell because they were describing everything that PAs do and assistant directors do in in their presentation um, of the best cinematographer. Yeah, a- absolutely. So, I mean, these were all really great moments. So let, let's go. And the award for best moment besides Parasite winning goes to Janelle Monet's performance. Interesting. This is kind of an upset. Really? So, yeah, what did you I, think? I thought you were going to pick Shia LaBeouf and Zach. No. Um, all right. So opening number. This is the winner. Overall, do you want to, any more you want to describe about why this is the winner? Why is why was this the best moment? Because it was the very first moment of because the show. Because like a movie, it takes multiple pieces and puts them together to make a performance. We've got costumes. We've got dancing. We have music. We have um, 
performers. We've got all of it kind of together and they're going out into the audience. They're throwing confetti in the air and it's a production. And like, that's what I'm here to see. I'm here to see a production and I'm here to see people screw up. Those are the two things I want when I watch this awards. Did you also know this has been trending online that there was a moment where she slipped in Oscar's so white in her song? Oh, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. I heard Oscar's so white. And that was the other thing is there's so much of it that's scripted. And you're even watching this award that has purposely like not included a lot of people of color, a lot of women. And there's been a lot of complaints about that. And then they go and write scripts for our presenters to say where they're making snarky comments about it. And it just feels very fabricated, really set up like, well, maybe don't do that anymore, Oscars. But with Janelle Monae's performance, you're watching an artist performing and she said, sure, I'll do this and proceeded to kind of have her own little rips on the Academy here and there. She even said, um, also shout out to all the amazing female directors that were um that created a beautiful films this year. And that's pretty fun for her to just kind of do her own thing. She's great. I really like Janelle Monet. Yeah, I mean, I think the opening number was great. They've been dealing with this for a couple years now because there is no host, which we'll yeah. talk about in a little bit. But there's no host, so they have to come up with like a special kind of opening number because usually it's taken over by whoever the host is, whether it's a Ricky Gervais <laughs> monologue or it's um, a Neil Patrick Harris dancing around. <laughs> You know, it's usually geared around who the host is. But we had we have no hosts for the second year in a row. The only thing for me with the opening number that felt a little confusing to me was direction of it was to give shout out to all the snubbed movies. Yeah, it was And weird. especially Midsommar. And I Us mean, and, and, and Us as well. But Those I mean, were the three featured. Well, and Joker, though. But then Midsommar was like basically like 90% of all of it. She was dressed up like, you know, Florence Pugh at the end of the movie. Um so I kind of thought it was weird that, you know, we're talking about all the snub movies, but we kind of just picked like four kind of interesting ones, yeah. you know, and I was trying to for a while think about the relationship all of them have. And I feel maybe Janelle Monae was like, can I pick my four favorite movies? Yeah. Sure. Like maybe that was her just saying these are my four favorite. <laughs> I think um, there was a little women shout out, too, because they had two of the girls in um, sort of period dresses. Oh, yes. That, that, no, you're right. Uh, there was that as well. But uh, for me, it was just, I, I felt distracted because I was just watching that um, on stage of kind of just figuring out what the theme is going on. Yeah, I think there are also some failed uh, camera operators just getting into the groove for some things because I don't <laughs> think we got the wide shots that we should have gotten at certain points of this. Yeah, um, possibly. Um, we were more focused on audience reactions at times because we love to see celebrities and the faces that Brad Pitt makes, I guess. Yeah, I thought the performance was really good, but we talked about this while it was happening. I also kind of feel weird because this isn't the Grammys. This isn't uh, like the MTV, like music video wars or I don't know, like so jumping into like the crowds always kind of weird for me in these moments because... You got a bunch a of like room full of pretty nerds. Well, yeah, that, but also like older people that are like <laughs> sitting in opera chairs. Started with "Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood" and really like soloed on Tom Hanks. So I thought Tom Hanks was gonna get up, and then he's like, "No," I did too. and she puts a hat on him, and he's like, "Okay," uh, and then just kind of work in the crowd. Like this isn't we're not at Coachella. Uh, <laughs> we're we're in an opera house. People are sitting around in tux and really extravagant dresses. So 
that always kind of feels weird for me where she's kind of like working the crowd that, oh, am I supposed to stand or Right, what am dance? I doing? But overall, yeah, it was very entertaining. It was colorful. It was fun. It definitely started off with a bang. That was a really good moment. It started things off. But there was some stuff that I was just a little, uh, for me, just confused by of, uh, okay, wait, right. what's happening? <laughs> I generally am more of an old-fashioned person that I like to just – I like the Ricky Gervais thing. You oh, know, I love it. Not necessarily it's just solely like Ricky Gervais just roasting a bunch of people, but I like the the traditional just kind of let's talk about the year we had and kind of introduce people that are here, like Greta Gerwig's here, which I think this was a different way to do it. But I did put it as a nominee for Best Moment, yeah. so I clearly liked it enough. Um, yes, Will Ferrell um, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Uh, that was awesome. They have a movie that they're both going to be in. Uh, it's a remake of a foreign mm-hmm. film, Downhill. That should be really funny. I think that's coming out in a week or so. Yeah. Uh, it's coming out soon. I love that we're celebrating film. And we talked about this before. Roger Deakins giving a shout out to his focus puller and his operators, gaffers. It was fun how they kind of subtly, and I don't, I think it still went over people's heads where they were, when they were presenting cinematographer, they were talking about uh, basically the role that PAs do. Which is like a very, like everyone in this industry almost, not everyone, but most people start off as a production assistant where you're just doing the cleanup on set, getting people to set, um, you know, crafty, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, you're doing all these kind of grunt work jobs. And it was kind of fun because that was like a fun shout out because that's never recognized ever. Right. There's never the – and no one wants this award, but Best PA Award. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> best PA Award. Uh, I've been doing this for a lot of years, man. I'm sick of being, uh, and then, yeah, of course, um, what, what was the other one that they called out to? Like uh, an AD. They're like, like they, the person that's telling you what time you have to be there in the morning. Yeah, and like yada, yada. an AD is like – that's like that – like uh, That's the hard uh, – like that's something that I do think maybe they do need an award for. It's the hardest role that no one ever talks about because without your, your first AD, without your second AD, without your like assistant directing department, nothing would get done. Nothing. And I don't think people understand when they're listening. It's like we both work in the industry, but like, like they are so important to what is made – like yeah. uh, from a day to day basis, and it just it always gets overlooked. You yes. know, director is important too. You know, but and you know the producers it's more for the best picture. Uh, but yeah, like no yeah. love. And I think it was like uh, two Emmys ago. Amy Sherman Palladino from uh, who wrote Marvelous Miss Maisel, who created uh, Gilmore Girls and everything. Yeah. she actually thanked her first AD by name and said, you know, you're next kind of thing, which I thought was really great because I do think that. Assistant directors should be recognized a little bit more at these awards. Yeah, and it was weird too because you know Will Ferrell and Julia Louis Dreyfus, like they definitely could have just hosted the award because like their right. their energy was great, and that's why I threw Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig on there. Like mm-hmm. they could have just hosted the awards. Now I'm not saying they maybe they didn't want to, but Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig, I'm like, well, these could have been our hosts because I know. it was funny and stuff. But they don't have a host, and instead we kind of have different comedic tones. Yeah, we up for Steve, awards. Steve Martin, Chris Rock. Yeah, we'll talk about that too. We'll talk about this whole cats thing in a little bit. But <laughs> my best moment, though, and I like to talk about, was Shia LaBeouf and Zach Godison. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it warmed me up. Mm-hmm. And I have to talk a little bit about um, the mixed reviews of it online. I think half of it is just from people that want to just hate Shia LaBeouf no matter what. But also, I think half of it to not even understand why they're both on stage together. No one probably watched Peanut Butter Falcon to know that, like, this is a true, genuine friendship. Mm-hmm. And, like, Shia LaBeouf and Zach 
like thousand percent became friends while making this movie and their friendship grew into more like their best friends fun fact about that shia labeouf was asked to present an award and he said he would only do it if he could do it with zach that came out people probably didn't know that and shia labeouf is getting criticized by a lot of people online and i have to kind of stand up for him Mm -hmm. for that he was seemed to be making fun of him and showing that he was impatient with him and like taking the award from him to open it I just think he knows him really well. Yeah, the complete opposite was happening. You can see that Shia was letting him take his time to talk. Mm-hmm. I think the times when he was smiling or laughing was almost I could see like there's like a stage manager telling him because he's struggling to pick it up because of the timing. And I think he laughed it off of like, no, I'm not going to do that. Right. That's what it looked like to me. It, looks, it looked like that to me. It also looked like him encouraging and being proud of him for getting, you know, the words out that he needs to get out. Um, And he helped him with things when he needed to. He also knows him well enough to know triggers for him that might have upset him. And so he knew to jump in. It's like when he's struggling struggling with the envelope, he helps him out with the envelope and it wasn't condescending or anything. I Shia LaBeouf has had done some crazy shit the past couple years, but the like very recently he has grown so much and is really kind of showing his positive character. He had some yeah. really bad times probably like five or six years ago, I want to say. Oh, he but was canceled. Now, he was canceled he was by the cancel culture. Bad. He was in a bad, bad place. And he is really kind of becoming his own, becoming the person that I think he always wanted to be and I'm excited and I hope he continues to do what he's doing and continues to just be a positive person. And I hope that everyone starts to see that a little more instead of automatically going to, oh, it's Shia LaBeouf. Gross. Hate him. He sucks. We don't like him anymore. People need to reevaluate and see what they're looking at. Just like with Kobe, uh, he's had an amazing second act, I think. And we just have to give him the opportunity to have that second act. You know, I, I, I totally agree. And I just feel like it's a, it's a case where people already have their minds made up to just like, no, I'm going to hate on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I immediately wanted to go to Twitter of just hear what people are saying. Cause that moment was huge for me. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed peanut butter Falcon. I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. Like that. They are on stage together doing this. Yeah. And yes, I agree. He was probably struggling to open the envelope, and he knows like he might kind of freak out if he can't figure it out. Um, there was a point where you know Shia LaBeouf backed off of him mm-hmm. and just stepped behind him because he wanted. He made it clear that he wanted him to have this moment, moment, and I'm there to help him with this. Yeah, because this is my best friend, and I it it blew me away when it came out that he's he was asked to present, and he said only if I can do it with him. Yeah. Um. Really awesome moment. And it was sad for when I get on Twitter and it's half the people. Idiots. Now, some people, when now the replies happen, have been like, thank you. I actually didn't know that that was happening. Mm-hmm. But some people have doubled down on it. Like, it goes, it was disingenuine. He was mocking Jeez. him. And I'm like, that was far from it. He was encouraging him. There was times where he smiled because he is friends with him. You know what I mean? And I I think there's just all these other moments that was just kind of, it was a really cool time to see those two on stage for a film that wasn't recognized. That was the most recognition it's going to get forever for the film that it was. And if you guys are listening, you disagree with us, that's fine. 
But that's really what I took away from that moment. Mm -hmm. And if you have not seen Peanut Butter Falcon yet, watch that and then kind of revisit to what that was on stage. Watch that. And honestly, watch the interviews between the two of them on set. Like they are truly friends. They're, it's it's really lovely. Like go on YouTube and, and Google the two of them and together and just watch these interviews that they've done during the making of this movie because it really is lovely to to see them and give Shia LaBeouf another chance. Yeah, and Shia LaBeouf has, has had a really good rehabilitating year. Honey re- Boy and rebuffed. Pe- he's been rebuffed. <laughs> uh, Honey Boy was a very intimate movie about his past struggles with being a child actor and his relationship with his father. And Peanut Butter Falcon was like this fun adventure film and. The friendship that they portray on screen became a real thing. And mm-hmm. I guess I just kind of... It has a lot of heart, that movie. Yeah. And we have a lot of cancel culture out there. And sometimes rightfully so. But maybe they should just sit this one out. Like, mm-hmm. we don't need to cancel everyone. So, our best moment. Juliet is going with the opening number. Yeah. I'm sticking with the Shia LaBeouf, Zach Goddison. But I think we can agree that these were all great moments. Yeah. All right, let's go for, uh, you could call this the not-so-great moment, (laughs) but I called this the weirdest moment. So we're going to have a little fun with this. Here are the nominees for weirdest moment of the 92nd Annual Academy Awards. Chris Rock and Steve Martin, not hosting, but hosting and just kind of whatever happened there on stage. Eminem, just everything with Eminem. Uh, We've talked about this in great length, but the best actor and best actress speeches equally... James Corden and Rebel Wilson doing uh, dressed up as cats and doing their best to act like they um, were in on the joke of cats the whole time. Nice effort. Uh, that really strange rap recap that kind of happened halfway through the movie. And then did I mention that uh, the the Eminem moment? Did I mention that? <laughs> uh, that was another nominee that I slipped in there. Juliet, weirdest moment. I mean, this is hands down for me uh, is the Eminem moment. Uh, I was very disappointed vocally, as you know, about the montage that led into it because it wasn't a montage. It was just three seconds from like 15 music from movie moments. It didn't have things like West Side Story, which won Best Picture as a movie musical. You're not even going to throw that into your montage. And it didn't have any like interesting mixing or anything. So big fail on whoever edited that together and whoever approved the editing of that. And then to end it with a brown bearded Eminem who won for Eight Miles um, Lose like, Yourself. He won like 18 years ago. Yeah, too. it wasn't even like a like oh it was 20 years ago no it was 18 i saw that whatever on, really quick i saw that on twitter it says like doesn't everyone know this is the 18th uh, 18th anniversary? <laughs> anniversary no <laughs> stupid no one cares and and adina menzel i think had the the greatest reaction to all of it where she's just like okay <laughs> like that was what's going on in all of our heads and <laughs> it was just really weird and stupid and i don't understand the point of it and it was just super disappointing and I'm, I'm still reeling over that bad junkie editing job of the video leading up to it like it was just trash you're not even gonna do gaga star is born there's no shallow in this this makes no sense it should have been a montage of a bunch of winners mixed together in a really cool way and then bring up someone badass at the end Maybe not Marshall Mathers. So that that's that's going to be my clear winner. But we can discuss 
the cats thing as well. Yeah, we'll talk about the cats thing a little bit. But like the thing with the M&M is that so they don't have a, a host. So let's go back a little bit. So they don't have a host for the show. But we saw this huge trend where instead of uh, the host presenting a presenter, we have a presenter presenting a presenter. And in that moment, the this like one of the stars of Hamilton presents Lin-Manuel, who then presents a, a a video montage of songs and movies, which ended up presenting <laughs> Eight Mile and Eminem onto stage. So, and that was a whole uh, in between two commercial breaks. Yeah. Where we came out of a commercial and I'm going to present someone who's going to present, present a video that's going to end up presenting Eminem. And then he's just going to play the whole Lose Yourself song. Entirety. Where the, the, where the songs that are nominated for best song for this year, this award show that we're watching, were shortened versions. But yet we have enough time to listen to the entire Lose Yourself song. But, a song that won best song like 18 years, 18 years ago. ago. But also bleep bleep out most of the song but do it with the silent bleep that they do so there's just long stretches of dead air you you couldn't have prepared for that and been like hey can you change some of these lyrics to you know this and this or can you just cut out that verse since it's just a bunch of swear words in a row so we don't have to silence it it was weird it was unprepared it was almost as if the person that they originally had dropped out last minute and they're like who do we know who's not doing anything Eminem? Well, okay, I don't think that's true. I think this was planned um, for a while ago because I think, one, they're trying to be trending in a different direction. They're trying, to they're cool. trying not to be a, a boring award show. They're trying to be more like having a Super Bowl halftime show. Mm-hmm. Um, Eminem is clearly not just like hanging out doing nothing. So, I mean, they had this plan for a while of like, well, this is going to make it more hip. This do rap. And we have a rap song that won for best song. But the overall thing, I don't know why this was all happening. And you go to the cutaways in the audience. <laughs> they don't either. So the Oscars did something right because it created like the most like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people pointed out. But the reactions like, yeah, and Dina Menzel, she had a confused look in her head, but she's still bobbing her head. Uh, they cut to Billie Eilish like several times of like what's going on. Um, Roger Deakins was like one of the best, like this old cinematographer, like, okay. What is going on here? And it's just like the weirdest audience for an Eminem show it was like, really I've ever strange. seen. I personally would have rather had that rap that was done to recap what had happened in the award ceremony so far. I would have rather had a rap about best songs of history if they wanted to trend and do something cool. I would have rather have seen a full out rap, large scale rap. You could freaking put Eminem in it. I don't care. But like someone rapping out what best song is and what it means and past winners. I would have preferred that to this weird Eminem introduction. I think overall, I don't understand why it was so lazy. Why we were talking about like the best songs. And yes, like that rap recap was just like very awkward as well because it's just kind of like, wait, what are we doing right now? Uh, But the Eminem thing just kind of took took home the prize because I love Eminem. That's a great song too. And it's awesome that he won an Oscar. I just don't know why this is happening. And most of the people in the audience don't know why this is happening. You got a few glorious, maybe an hour there where you're trending on Twitter for this moment. (laughs) Congrats. But yeah, I think it just kind of represented what was wrong with this award show to begin with. They don't have a host, but then they kind of don't know how to fill in the cracks at all. And I'll talk about how they could have filled in the cracks in a little bit. But as far as that moment, 
I was I lost myself yes. in that moment. <laughs> Mom spaghetti. <laughs> um so strange, so weird. Um it was almost when we were watching this montage, I was always confused why we were watching this montage. Because they and weren't it, even ready to announce the winners. They still hadn't had the last two performances. Yeah, and it, it's just like I would understand that after that, they're I don't know. It's I I I still don't understand it. This is our my immediate reaction. So maybe I need to take a year to really think about it and break down where their thought process were. Maybe they'll release a statement. I don't know. It was just very strange. All respect to Eminem, it was good. I mean, as far as like the sound quality though, it was pretty awful. Um, <laughs> but the song's great. I have nothing wrong with Eminem, but it just felt like there was like this this tone that they're really just going for that was just missed and it's just once again it was like what i said with the opening number like this isn't like uh like an exciting like, this isn't a super bowl halftime kind of venue um so i felt like that with like this was our super bowl halftime show and i was just so confused why this is part yeah. of it so that is my pick but let's talk about your other albums well, clearly here. that was the pick um we already talked about best actor and best actress so let's just leave that be mm-hmm. um Let's save Chris Rock and Steve Martin for our next category because I feel like we can include that later. Spoiler alert. Um, let's talk about – we talked with the rap recap, like whatever. Like wh- I don't know what that was. Like, okay, cool. It was fine. He did an impromptu rap and recapped stuff that was happening. Whatever. Yeah, okay. I, I don't get it. it. It was thrown in there. I want to talk a little bit about the cats. Um, James <laughs> Corden and Rebel Wilson presented um, an award for visual effects. So the joke was of, like, cats, which definitely thought I was going to get visual effects. Uh, they showed up in cat costumes. They showed up in their cat costumes, like, reminiscent of what they were in the yes. movie. Here's here's my problem. I know you agree with me because we've talked about this. I don't know about Rebel Wilson, but I definitely can know deep down in my heart that James Corden thought he was going to be a part of, like, something amazing when, oh, he, yeah. when, he, when he did Cats. So now that Cats is now being laughed at and is like becoming like rowdy screenings and it's historically bad this year, you know, they're doing their best to do a 180 and act like they're in on the joke to begin with. And they just thought really they were going to be the, the comic joke. relief in a beautiful movie. That's but, what they thought. Like, yay, I get yeah. to be a part of this beautiful, epic movie as like the comic relief. It's going to be great. I get my own song. Yeah. So one, one part I'm like, I'm glad that they can laugh at themselves, but the thing I'm calling out is like, you know, you're really trying to cash in on this joke now mm-hmm. because it's like cats did not go the way it was. And and I understand that they yeah. weren't like they weren't in the editing room. They didn't screen well, it. Well, they were actually. James <laughs> oh, really? Corden edited it. He is it. an editor. He they did the cat effects. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't screening it before it finally premiered or anything like that. They they were just as surprised probably as everyone when it came to visual effects and things like that. But you knew the scenes you were in. You knew what you were doing while this is yeah, filming. <laughs> well, maybe we'll do a, a, a whole show on cats. We are. <laughs> you promised me that we could on the last recording. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, we can talk more about that. Um, but yeah, just overall, like, it's just kind of. Nice try, guys. You nice still, try. You still made a bad decision. Yeah, I mean, you're owning it kind of, but now you're kind of like now cashing in on the cats as a joke kind of thing. Sort of like what Tommy Wiseau did with uh, The Room. Yes. But in a more like genuine way. 
Um, we also found out James Corden does not drive the karaoke car. So, I he mean, he's just, just like a PR nightmare right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, and also, it was kind of a funny joke that they're like cats and they're hitting the microphone. But, but then it went on too long. went on too long, and then it cuts to like Robert De Niro, which I have a lot of respect for Robert De Niro, where he's just like, the fuck is this? I I want everyone to always cut to Robert De Niro. <laughs> I want that because to be I my life. That summed it up is like not amused. Your movie <laughs> was on. awful, and we're supposed to be celebrating great movies this year. We get it. Cats was bad. It's just gimmicky and dumb, and it was yeah. unnecessary. And we're supposed to be celebrating the best movies, and Cats is still kind of like, well, look at me. I was hilariously bad. We we knew it all along. No, Comedy. you didn't. You went to cat school. They went to cat school. You jerks. But the Eminem moment, wow, that is the winner. Yep. All right, our third and final award, and this one's going to take a little bit to talk about, but it's the Please Do Better Award. Ugh. Here are the nominees. These nominees are more like sentences, but wow. the it's first a Max Grill nomination. The first nomination. We know that you don't have a host. We get it. But now you have presenters presenting presenters. You have hosts presenting someone that's going to host. Please do better. Get a host or stop trying to do weird substitutions for hosts. Please, please do better. Our second nomination. Several people talking about the importance of inclusion and making fun of the exclusion while still repeatedly every single year having exclusion. Maybe you should just include people. And then stop talking about, ha ha, we don't include people. What a joke. Maybe next year. Please do better. The third nominee Luke Perry not being mentioned in an in memoriam. Really? Like, how do you not mention Luke Perry? Don't you have, like, associate producers, like, just fact-checking all of this? Like, I mean, you got Google. You have all the information there. Luke Perry, for real. I know there's others, but, like, Luke Perry, come on now. Do better. And the fourth and final nominee, doing a montage trailer-like clip for the best performances of the year where you put random music underneath that completely changes the performances we're here overall for an award show to celebrate these movies and awards. Why are you, to even go further, why are you talking over sound mixing and sound editing? Why are you talking over the script moments? Why are you montaging all the performances and throwing a song in that essentially just kind of destroys what their performance really was because we're putting epic like war music underneath Marriage Story? What is going on here? Please just play the fucking clips of their their movies and let us enjoy why they got nominated for the performance in the beginning. Thank you. Please do better. That one's obvious. Juliet, what is the winner for? I don't remember. I don't remember what the nominees are. Okay, let me go. The nominees for Please Do Better Award. We know that you don't have a host. We get it. Okay, give me one word to remind me. Okay, not having a host, but trying to make up for not having a host. Mm Talking about and poking fun of your exclusion and talking about how the importance of inclusion. Oh, my God. Speed it up, Grill. Luke Perry not being in the memoriam. What's up with that? Next. And just montaging and just skimming over, like, awards. What what is that? Gotcha. I'm going to say that last one there is really along the lines of I think it was poorly edited. Everything was poorly edited. Sorry, whoever edited this. You fired. Like, get them out of here. Do better with that one. Um, I'll let, say. Let me jump in with that though. Even if it was edited well, I just hate it. <laughs> like, no, because if it was edited well, you wouldn't hate it. That's the point. That's I just don't get why they're that's doing the it. That's the point of this. 
I think it was poorly edited. Whoever was editing these A montages, B, uh, really just anything, anything that was edited for them was edited poorly. So whoever that was, get get a different job. This is not for you. Award ceremony of this stature is not for you. And we just lost one follower on our <laughs> podcast. It must be the editor of... Uh... This it's is his it, mom. This isn't only even live, moms to but this. now it's happening. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to happen. That's my prediction. So, so that that that's what I have to say about that. In memoriam, I want to talk about. Yeah, where was Luke Perry? He was he passed away after the Oscars last year, like a month after the Oscars last year. He passed away, so he wasn't included in last year's, and he was in a, a multi nominated. Oscar film this year. Yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He He's in, in the that movie. movie. That was his last movie. So why wasn't he nominated? Was there's a, there's other people that passed away that maybe you could argue like, well, they were more television actors or, well, they weren't in Academy. There was movies. a young actor that passed away as well. It's Cameron Boyce. Uh, yeah. He's like a Disney actor. He's a Disney so actor. one could argue, oh, cool, that's TV, not that's movies. That's TV or that's not Academy Luke movies. Perry was 90210, but he's also in plenty of films. He's also know? in plenty of films, but literally he's in a film this year. Yeah. That was nominated. Yeah. So that was that was really bizarre for me. So that's a, obviously a do better. Presenters presenting presenters. God. <laughs> Just get a damn host. Like honestly, Steve Martin could have hosted. Chris Rock could have hosted. But no, no, instead they made jokes about instead how they're they not made hosting. Jokes about how they're not hosting. Will Ferrell, While Julie hosting. Louis, <laughs> Dreyfus could have hosted. Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph could have hosted. There's so many people that haven't said any nasty things on Twitter that you could pick out and make them a host. And it would be so much better than having someone present a presenter that's going to present an award. It's just it makes no sense. It's a time waste of a show that's already traditionally too long so fix it fix it do better and i'm sure i'm missing one it goes with chris rock and steve martin as well but overall the theme is you know oh the exclusion inclusion, inclusion. talking about this yes yeah. and i talked about that earlier where a lot of this show is scripted for these people and there's a teleprompter and you go up and you read what the teleprompter says and that's it and you can really tell when these people are reading and they're looking directly at the teleprompter and reading what they're supposed to say and so you're making jokes oscars about the fact that you're not including women you're making jokes about the fact that you don't have enough people of color. Do better. Get people of color nominated. You have the choice. You have the power. Use it. So I agree with all of this, and I think all of these need to be better, and we can discuss all of them, but... There still needs to be a winner. There needs to be a winner. Juliet, you're at the podium. And the winner for the Please Do Better Award goes to... I'd say the winner is making these montages better. And that includes the memoriam, honestly. <laughs> Make all the montages better. The best actor montages, they're just poorly done. You go, you watch these awards to see movies that you maybe didn't have the chance to see. Now, the world is changing. Culture is changing. And we were able to watch all of these on our television sets if we wanted to. And so, yes, we do get the opportunity to see these movies a little bit more. But the special things about the Academy Awards was you do get to see clips from movies that maybe you didn't have an opportunity to see. And so be quiet while it's happening. Let it happen in the raw in that scene. Pick 
pick uh, Amy March's beautiful speech and let that play out. Let a portion of that play out when you're announcing her as a nominee and really show everyone why these people are nominees, not just a pretty little montage of all of them together that really doesn't describe it. Also, maybe leave out the spoilers because there were a crap ton of spoilers in all of these montages, too. Yeah, there was a few pretty... Uh, Egregious spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to get into it because then we'll spoil, we'll, spoil. we'll spoil even more of the spoilers. Um, yeah, overall, why I put that in there is the the last point that you're making, but there's a bigger problem happening here. But back in the day, or not so long ago, it would be Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story, play the clip. And the problem is, is that why are you not doing that anymore? Yeah. Um, I'll talk about, you know, other aspects of like the awards that I think definitely have always need to improve. But seriously, the importance of knowing why these people are nominated, both actors and actresses, is to see a clip of their performance where the sound design's where it needs to be, the score's where it needs to be, if there's a score or not, and it's simply the performance that they were playing. But when you mash up all of these, it's, you know, it's one of the, just the editing, but overall, just even with the editing for me, when you just combine them all together and throw a random score, you're making like, you're making a trailer, you're making something else. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same thing as like a fan on YouTube making a little like mashup video of performances. And it like when you throw a different soundtrack under like Marriage Story, even under Joker, yeah. uh, under Judy, it changes what. Like they're, you know, like you're showcasing their performances, but it changes what the performance is. I don't understand when the show is solely about, you know, rewarding the best of the best for this year in cinema that we, 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 what, we don't have the time. Mm -hmm. They used to in years past, I think even last year would do a full on like look at each of the nominees for best picture. They didn't do that at all this year. There'd be like. One of your nominees for Best Picture, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then show an overall How scope of that. How is the show still as long as it was without those pieces that make it an amazing and we, show? And we pointed it out. They had presenters presenting presenters that so took up time. Stupid. They had a like a full-on Eminem song, and then they had a rap recap happening, and then they just, the overall moment with the Eminem thing was just like, took up so much time. It's strange. I would really love to just go back to the, you know, I want to watch all the performances again. I want to see their Oscar clip. I do not want to see a trailer because you completely lose what the performances are to a degree because it's something different. They're made into a video, so it's more of like, let's watch this video of them all mashed up. It's like, no, I want to see Renee Zellweger, a scene from Judy. Yeah. I want to see Joaquin Phoenix, a scene from Joker. I want to, you know, and so on. It's it's a huge problem, and if it's not fixed, it's just kind of like, it's a bummer. It's just yeah. an overall bummer, and we're just kind of taking ourselves out of like these beautiful performances that they did, and we're just making this little mashup like as if we don't have time for this. And it's like, this is the only reason we're here. Mm-hmm. How do we not have time for this? This is the reason we're here is to celebrate these performances. It was just a bad, bad Academy Award. Yeah, make the montage of like a Best Picture nominee. Cool, that that works. That's fine. But like, yeah, play Margot Robbie, Robbie's speech. You know, play. You know, like, yeah. um, very baffling. And I've always disagreed with this as well. Like, script they finally kind of got it right a little bit this year. But yeah, play a a scene with the script playing out. They did that this year, but we still had to be cut away 
to see it like in a wide shot. Like, no, just give us a give us the give us a clip of the best scene of dialogue yeah. exchange. I don't know if it was a new director this year or what. It just it definitely missed the mark. Yeah, and I've always felt this way, but like sound design is the funniest thing to me because it's like, well, sound <laughs> editing, sound mixing. Shut up, let us listen. <laughs> Play a clip. Don't talk over it and just put some like audio it's waves. It's all about on showing us example. I remember a uh, costume design used to be in a, a really amazing piece where they would show sketches of the costumes and then give a fact like Which, like the one I gave about Little Women. Like yeah, and then on the flip side though, they totally nail it for score. So it's it's confusing because. Yeah, because they they had this. It's, it's composer get the yeah they had well they had a composer, you know, and they played all the scores for all the movies, and they would cut to like the musical note with like who's the composer of this movie, like that was great. Do that, <laughs> do that for all of these awards. Right? You know, I think costume design they did show some sketches, but you're right, take it a step further. Production and design. Take it a step further. Make- show show the audience that's watching this that maybe doesn't have any insight or hasn't read any articles about these movies. Give them a little insight into why. That's what this is about. It's about showing the why this was a nomination. Show me why this script was there. And, and that they did with Parasite was listening to that. It showed me why Parasite won because it seemed like a fun read. Yes, yes. Um yeah, overall, it's just I feel like they just got to get their priorities straight because we had a lot of time wasting on some elements that wasn't even needed. But yet when it comes down to celebrating performances, um, you know, even like shortening the musical numbers for best song, like it's just confusing and a little baffling to me. Yeah. And I mean, overall, I think we're just saying that's the winner. of Please do better. And it's a big, strong capital, please. Please yes. do better. Like Please. I like watching the show. I love clearly talking about it on podcasts with you. Please do better. Please. And then yeah, the host thing is just. I mean, I think that's a kind of a close second because it's. I, f- I finally love. Uh, I forgot the actor's name, but from uh, 1917, they had him in the balcony at the end. Yeah, George McKay. They had him in the balcony at the end, and he goes, "We don't have a host this year, so I'm going to introduce a person that will introduce another award." I was like, I was like, finally, someone's yeah. calling this out because it was getting ridiculous of like, oh, so now we have people presenting and people that are presenting. Like, you don't have a host. Cut that part out. Just have like the overall voice go like. That's what they did last year. I know. They had it's an overall so voice that weird. said. It's so weird. Two-time Academy Award winner, blah, blah, blah. I'm not arguing they need a, need a host, but then right. don't like, like clearly by losing a host now have a host. I don't know. And it's it weird because dumb. when you don't have a host, you don't have like the moments where um, like Ellen DeGeneres orders pizza. You know, you don't have like those little comedy bits in between to like kind of like pad the runtime. Right. And then they're just kind of confused and like, well, let's just do this for a little bit. Uh, let's right. just do that. Um, yeah. If Luke- you're going to cut the host, you need to have the beautiful montages and just some really well thought out Things that bring in the magic of cinema. Man, it just it just seems so obvious though. Like you don't have a host. Have the listen. Music, have if the, they want us to host next year, we will. <laughs> have have the musical numbers be spread out and and and, and be be your performances, and then simply when it comes down to the awards, like really just give us a good, you know, example of why this is nominated for this award instead of acting in a in a manner that almost feels like well we're gonna get through these awards so we can do entertaining stuff. And it's just weird, you know? I, I I was just kind of blown away that the actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, like, 
it just like overall just bummed me out. I'm just kind of like, I, that's like one of my favorite parts to be like, what clip are they going to play from, you know, Brad Pitt and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I was looking forward to reliving Leonardo DiCaprio freaking out in his trailer. Yeah. Um, and instead we get this like, I weird wanted to hear Amy March's mashup. speech again. Yeah. In it its went, entire, it which was it, was, it was there, but then they're playing like war music underneath it, cut together with a and marriage also it was, story. It was and, two you know, sentences of it. Like, whatever. We can yeah, talk about this all day. We don't have time. So the winner of Please Do Better Award is just, you know, show the clips, stop this montages, and just. This is a style. Make it know. better. Make the show better. Juliet. Max. We're about to wrap this. <laughs> Hello. Uh, we're about to wrap this up. Oscars are behind us. The 92nd annual Oscars in the books. Any last final thoughts before we sign off here? See all of the nominees. Just see them all. Uh, it's and we will, too, because we will see Ford versus Ferrari. We promise it's on. It's it's a date tomorrow. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's on DVD it. tomorrow. It's going to be a cheaper rental tomorrow, guys. So <laughs> I think tomorrow, Tuesday, should be Ford versus Ferrari day. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I mean, Oscars, I'll, I'll watch it every single year. It was entertaining. There was some definitely some really good moments here. And Parasite was a big moment that, you know, it just winning was, it was just huge. A good step in the right direction, hopefully. Uh, it's a really fantastic movie, and it, it definitely deserved. Uh, it's you know very successful night. There's just these other elements that it feels so obvious to fix it. It just I wish for next year that we just kind of iron out these kinks. You don't need to have a host, but like don't do this instead. Don't do this. Just don't have a host. Stop. Yeah, and I'm also just excited for a whole another year of just what performances, movies, cinematography, just what kind of new films we are going to experience this year, and hopefully, we get to review a bunch for you guys on the Film and You Win show. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with me, Juliet. Hey, um, thanks for having me, Max. You're you're welcome. You're with me a lot, so it's kind of like it's a little you know, much. Yeah. You're 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 the leading actress of this podcast. Aww. And I am just a supporting actor <laughs> struggling to just make ends meet. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. You know, follow us on Twitter. Please like and subscribe. We'll have a bunch more shows coming up. Don't forget to uh, uh subscribe and months. rate us on Apple Podcasts. Because yes. that's how other people get to see that we have a podcast. Five stars are appreciated. And you, a little review. Yeah. And Give us a note. A little review. Say a little bit because you guys are the reason that we're doing this. Mom. And uh, yeah. I mean, at least our family members get out there and review I us, mean, please. really. Okay. Anyways, so for the Filming You In team, it was a great Oscars night, even though there was some work to be done for next <laughs> Oscars, but enjoyed it uh, as always. It was fun recapping. And we'll see you next time when we can film you in. Bye bye. Bye. Like film, that's what they all say. Great movies, it's the American way. I wish they had a show where they reviewed movies, which they do. It's called the Film and You Win Show. I like movies, big, big movies, big movies. It's floating pictures, it's so great. Movies. So join us, everybody, for the Film and You Win Show. Let's get some lunch. <laughs>